Scott Bauer, the CEO of Prosper Trading Academy, is joining us this morning to talk eco data and financial markets. Scott, welcome. Happy Tuesday. Good to have Thank you with you, us. Man. You too. You too. Let's begin with the U.S. dollar, still holding up around the 94 handle. But since the breakout, we saw it begin the month of October, for the most part, sideways. Yeah, sideways and, and actually a little bit of, of headwinds, if you will. You know, the flattening of the yield curve that we've seen recently after, you know, the, the big diversion that we saw a week or two ago, that's really helped put a lid on the dollar rally. And then also the comments, obviously, last week from Powell saying that, you know, it's not yet time to be to begin raising rates yet. And of course, the Fed is in their blackout period right now until next week. So, you know, we won't hear anything more from them. So the dollar is just really reacting to other currencies and, and, you know, won't have anything until, what is it, next Wednesday or so, I think, until we get those Fed minutes. Yeah, I want to talk about some of those other currencies. Let's pull a couple charts here real quick, though, if we could first look at the 60-minute time frame. And as Scott mentioned, somewhat sideways here and kind of in a holding pattern. A lot of central bank activity headed our way. We were just talking about the BOJ. We've got the BOC tomorrow morning and uh, also the ECB this week. But I want to point out here, this is a look at the dollar sideways recently. Here's the daily time frame and how we're now near an upper extreme again around this 95 handle. Scott, you also mentioned the yield curve, which has been, well, interesting to say the least here. I want to talk about the inflation piece of the dollar puzzle that, well, it's the piece that nobody can seem to find under the table, it looks like. It's been lost. It, it absolutely has been, and, you know, it has fluctuated. These expectations have just fluctuated and keep changing. I mean, it's very yeah, dynamic. and. And if you look at currencies around the world, most of the projections are for for very weak numbers for the rest of this year, for fourth quarter this year, but then, you know, increases going into next year. And most of that is just due to the high right, the, the, the higher prices we've seen in energy costs across the board. Scott, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of those other currencies, because, again, as mentioned, there they are in a busy week for uh, currency traders in terms of the Bank of Japan, the BOC and uh, the ECB. Any expectations that we'll see? Uh, well, there's already the shift towards this more hawkish tone. And I'm hearing the Bank of Canada expected to make some changes to their uh, taper. And well, basically, uh, again, a clear separation, though, still between the taper and a rate hike, as you uh, pointed out. That for sure. And, and that hawkish tone, Ben, seems to be everywhere but if from the Bank of Japan. And okay. as you guys were just talking about mm -hmm. in, the, in the previous segment here, they're going to maintain their massive stimulus program here, and they're probably going to slash their inflation target. And they will not follow the other central banks here, which are all preparing to, to exit you know, from the crisis mode stimulus that they have. And Bank of Canada is, is probably the most likely to raise their inflation forecast and then probably end that stimulus and then raise rates sooner rather than later. A uh, quick look at the yen here. This is the daily time frame. It's actually been weakening, supporting the U.S. dollar. But now, Scott, you mentioned the dollar sort of coming off a little bit the last couple of days. Look how it coincides with the yen, which is actually firmed up a little bit. And then uh, in terms of the Canadian dollar, here's a look at the 6C. I've been shocked here, surprised, Scott, that higher energy prices haven't benefited the Canadian dollar more so. We saw a nice run up into May, June, but uh, quite the divergence as crude oil has continued higher. It's such a big part of their economy, but I guess maybe at some point those higher energy prices become a little bit of a headwind in some ways or maybe a little bit more reflection of what we've been seeing in terms of some of the central bank activity. 
Right. I, th I think it's that that mantra of diminishing returns, okay. like you just said, you know, as we're seeing higher and higher prices, which, you know, obviously helps Canada, helps the Canadian dollar. You're starting to see that have less of an, Im less of an impact on the Canadian dollar. But yet it is trading near those levels that we saw in April and May. But yesterday is a perfect example. You know, we saw the Canadian dollar actually rally mm -hmm. for a good portion of the day until oil started retreating and oil went negative on the day for a little bit. And you see, if you look on a daily, you'll see the Canadian dollar also retreating pretty much lockstep with the price of oil yesterday. We're looking at that interesting divergence in terms of price activity here right now. Canadian dollar and the candles and the crude oil and the purple line. Scott, um, housing numbers today, probably the focal point for investors, for traders, maybe not necessarily the major market mover, but at least provides some more insight in terms of some of the trends we've been seeing. We'll get the new home sales, pending home sales later this week, but also some of the uh, FHFA index numbers and also the Case-Shiller uh, house price index. It'll be interesting to see, Ben, with, with the way that rates have been if home buyers, new home buyers, have, have kind of flocked to the market, mm -hmm. lock in rates, mm -hmm. and and if there's any sort of coincidence there, which there probably should be, because obviously the trajectory for mortgage rates has been on the rise. So you know the the home data has been a little bit weaker of late after being you know just a rock star for the past 12, 18 months or so. But I, I expect it to firm up. I really do. All right, lastly, Scott, before we let you get on with your day, Bitcoin to new all-time highs. What are you watching in terms of crypto? And should we be concerned about some of the buy the rumor, sell the fact into this ETF uh, launching and some of the optimism we've seen tied to, we saw new all-time highs but follow-through somewhat limited? There is still lots of optimism. And, and I'll be honest with you, I think that many people, me included, expected that that exact scenario by the rumor okay. sell the news once these etfs kind of came to fruition here and bitcoin is holding pretty steady yes it's off of those you know all-time highs we saw you know end of last week few days ago but it's holding really steady the on-chain volume is is still exceptionally exceptionally high and I would say there's still a lot of tailwinds in the space. Okay, risk on sentiment, uh, certainly uh, Bitcoin being a reflection of. We started the show off taking a look at the indices into the new all-time highs, and they're a reflection of that as well. So something to watch here. Scott, appreciate you joining us here. We've got a two-year note auction this afternoon, a couple things ahead for financial traders to keep an eye on, and uh, appreciate you helping us to break it down here this morning. Scott Bauer, Thank CEO. You, Thanks to you, Scott. Scott Bauer, the CEO of Prosper Trading Academy.